Welcome to 721 Live. Thanks for listening to the show today. I'm Sam Hunter, and I'm so glad you've joined us. It's Friday. It's always a good day when it's Friday. The weekend's here. I want to get you to slow down just a minute, and, and, and let's just block out all the distractions and listen for what our Heavenly Father may say to us. He's always looking to speak to our hearts. We just usually block him out. So if you're online and you're listening, I know you got a list of things you need to do. Set those aside for the next 30 minutes and, and, and listen. If you're driving down the road, I know, again, there's traffic around you and you've got to be somewhere and you're thinking about all your list of things to do, but can I just ask you to knock, just block that out for a few minutes? I really think God can speak to your heart. We've got a great show for the third Friday in a row. I've got my great friend, my dear brother in Christ, Irv Philpott, in the studio with us. I'm so glad to have you back, Irv. It's my privilege. We have been talking over the last two weeks, and now the third week. God turned the light on in, in, in Irv's life. You were, you were born again. Born again, that's exactly right. That's not a term you would have used six or seven years ago. Can't even imagine doing that. But now you were born again How five years ago? It's actually five years and seven months. And before that, you were a model husband. You were a model father. You were a, a model son, a brother, friend, attorney. At least, that's, I mean, wouldn't anybody have said that about you? I, I think looking from the outside, you, you might have said that. And, and, you know, and you were in our, I mean, you know, you, you don't have a gutter to glory story. You, you, you know, your life was pretty good. Oh, yes, absolutely. God uh, smiles on the just and the unjust. <laughs> I mean, you were, you were very successful as an attorney. You were married for 23 years. Lovely wife, beautiful wife, seven wonderful children, all healthy. Living the American dream. Living the American dream. Mm-hmm. And and yet, you, you told us in the first show, you came to realize you were missing it. There was something missing. Something not, yeah, absolutely, something not right. You know, you can have everything and you can have nothing and still miss the kingdom of God. It's until you recognize that without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're, you're, you're doomed. You're spiritually bankrupt. You are really no good apart from Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. It's so hard for us to see that in our culture. It truly is. Culture will not let you know that. Okay, we talked about last week being a husband, now that God's turned the light on in your life and how that has changed in the way you interact with your wife. And, and we talked about the things that we should do with our wives and our husbands. This week I want to talk about those, those children, what it's like to parent as a, as a believer, as a Christian father. You have how many children? Seven children. And tell us again real quick with their age range. Let's go. It's uh, 20, 18, 16, 13, 11, 10, and 7. Mm. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. what, what I want to focus on today is how important fathers are. But, of course, mothers are equally as important, and it always goes back first to your relationship with Christ. You know, we, we, last week's show, when we were talking about what is it like to, or what are some of the things that you do specifically to be a better husband, you started off saying, well, it really starts first thing in the morning with my quiet time. That's right. And I think that same thing holds true with the children. Uh, the, the first thing you said is, in today's program, we cannot emphasize enough how important the father is in the home. Mm. And we're going to talk about some statistics here shortly, but uh, we just cannot emphasize that enough. I think that in that regard, the first thing in the morning, that quiet time, I'm lifting those children up mm. and I'm praying about them and I'm trying to pray about where they are, what, 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 what their bents are, mm. you know, what their tendencies are, where they are, 
Um, you know, you got two in college, one in high school, two in middle school, two in elementary school. <laughs> so, you know, I'm processing through that and uh, trying to think about what they need, what guidance they need, what help they need from me in the day. And if you don't do that, if you're not connecting with your Heavenly Father, as we said, you're fighting an uphill battle the rest of the day. And, you know, we have, I, I know so many people that are medicating themselves to try to have better patience and they i mean i mean they may actually be using medicine to to calm themselves down and and have more patience and or they may be medicating themselves with alcohol or they may be medicating themselves with overactivity but everything is trying to get that peace in their lives which you cannot get without that deep relationship with jesus christ jesus answers those questions and those problems with those three words come to me come to me Come to me and let me into your heart. And the more I, more I, more that you let me invest into your heart, the, then when you come with your children, they're going to see God's light. And all the list of things and anything we may talk about today means nothing if God's light isn't shining out from inside your heart. It's, it's relationship first. Relationship first. Now, now, what were those statistics you were talking about just a minute ago? Well, uh, Josh McDowell put out some statistics a ways back that, that basically said that children— in divorced homes are 33% more likely to engage in destructive behavior, mm. which hurts our heart. Mm. The, the whole concept of divorce hurts our heart because mm. that hurts our Heavenly Father's heart. Mm. But the next figure that he gives is really earth-shattering uh, to me, to all of us, and that is that those, those children who live in homes with emotionally detached fathers are 68% more likely to engage in destructive behavior. Mm. Say, say that one more time. It, it is. It's amazing. Again, think about that. The parents that aren't even there, you know, the daddy's probably not even around, are 33% more likely to engage in destructive behavior. But when the daddy's there and he's not engaged, he's just around, they're 68% more likely. That's, a, that's astounding. It, it, it is astounding, and, and it's, uh, it's just, again, emphasize that, emphasize that fact. We've got to, as fathers, be thinking, thinking through our day. Yeah, we've got to be there. And, and you know, I, I've seen that borne out in so many different instances with young people, especially. We see it with wives, too. But when the husband, the father— is not attached, emotionally engaged. If he's detached, he's not. He's there, but he's not there. They know it. They're not fooling anybody. Just showing up at an event is not. I mean, that be there. That's better than not showing up. But showing up and looking at your watch the whole time, or becoming late and leaving early, or bringing your girlfriend, or staying on your palm pilot the whole time. Children know the difference. Yeah, I, I have a wife and five daughters. Mm-hmm promise you yeah they know when you walk in the room they know and and, you know what we don't realize as fathers is is just what we're saying how important we are and what an impression we make on our children i I can tell you a quick story my mother's 84 years old she is a wonderful woman she tells a story that she can remember back i think she was six or seven or eight years old her father invited her to come to the rotary club he was the president of the rotary club back in sumter and he started off by saying gentlemen would you like to see a million dollars now of course this was almost 80 years ago would you like to see a million dollars in the, in the depression was. And, yeah right right after the depression and and he and, he, and they all said you know a million dollars he said because he was a banker see so they probably think he might have actually brought a million dollars from the bank he said I, I, do you want to see a million dollars and they all said of course we want to see a million dollars and he picked up my mother who was a little girl and he said this is my million dollars 
Now, my mother has not forgotten that. She can tell that story as if she were right there. That's the blessing of the Father. Blessing of the Father. And we miss that. There are traps and blind spots that we fall into as fathers. What are a couple of them that come to your mind? Well, I, I think, again, we, we, we start back at the beginning with T-I-M-E, that our children spell love, T-I-M-E, that it is about time, more time, and more time. Oh, but come on, I got to work. I got to, you know, I play tennis. I, I, don't I deserve some quality time for myself? Well, I, I, that's something you have to answer for yourself. And, and you have to take each piece of that and look at what's on your plate. Now, with a, with a wife and seven children, uh, my, my golf clubs are got some dust on them. Uh-huh. And, and, and again, th- that's just something that, that, that I've had to make that choice. Um, and I don't lament that at all because the blessing of spending that time with the children and seeing how that investment of the time, it, it, you know, it, it, it yields results that are, again, more than I could ask or imagine. And the investment is a key word that you use there. The investment of time, it pays off in every, every aspect of our children's lives, now and in the future. Absolutely. I think you know, we've talked a, a story about that uh, one of the men that came to us told a story that uh, he was, I guess, on up into maybe his 50s or whatnot. And he, he had explained that when his children were younger, he had tried to work real, real hard and spent all his time at work trying to build, build some things up because he'd planned when they became teenagers and he wanted to be around them that, that he'd have that time. Mm-hmm. But what he was coming back to us and very upset about was is that they didn't really have time for him yeah. at that point. See, he missed missed it that that window that window of time. And and he you know he he said I, I I determined to work so hard that I would have the freedom and the time and the money. So when they're teenagers, well, there are two or three comments I'd make. One, I doubt that was really why he worked real hard. I think he worked real hard because he'd rather be working real hard than he would be at home. Because it's easier to work real hard than it is to be a real father and to be there. We we as men will default to that, and women will do it too. It's easier to work hard. Than it is to be a parent. Absolutely, that is not for the faint of heart. Not for the faint of heart. So, so then two things happen. One, he has no investment in the children's lives. So when they, by the time he's got time, they don't know him. They they don't have any tie to him. There is no relationship. That's right. And then they're teenagers, and they've got their own thing going on. Then anyway, you've got to put that time in all along, all across the way. And one of the traps that, that men fall into, and we see this all the time, is that, well, you know, the mom can handle the emotional stuff. She knows that's her job. My job's to bring home the bacon. Or they won't even notice if I'm there or I'm not there. Or they notice. They, they notice very quickly. And, again, the, the issue there that you're talking about with, with the relationship and developing that relationship is obviously at some point as the parent you have to impose rules. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that relationship first, we know Rules without relationship equals rebellion, and that is going to be, you know, that's going to be a harvest that you don't want to bring in. Now, I, you know, when we were talking about that, and you just, I just love going back to the song "Cats in the Cradle" when they, you know, that he, he's, he's, he raises his son just to be the way, to be just the way he is, and that's one of those great traps that we don't realize. Not only are we damaging our children by not spending that time with them and not being emotionally attached to them, but we're modeling for them how they're going to live 
it's, that's, that's, that's the only model they have, and it's going to be the natural way for them to handle it. That's right. And I, and I think that's one of the things we talk about as well is that children are always watching. They're always watching. Always. And this, we're making such an impression. So rules without relationship. Now, that's something we've got to take a minute and, and talk about. Rules without relationship. Open up a little bit more on that. Well, I think, again, it's a situation that you want to take that time. And, and, and one of the things that I've talked about before with my wife having couch time is I try to do the same sort of thing with each child is try my best. And with seven, it's sometimes difficult, but to get some one-on-one time and to have what I call check-ins with them. Mm-hmm. And it's some similar questions, you know, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Just a little open up icebreaker question for your child. Then is there anything we need to talk about? Try to engage them and give them a question that's open-ended, not something they can't just say yes or no to. Because that's what they want to do, that's give what they that want. one syllable answer. That's exactly right. But, but an open-ended question, and then, again, being very brave, you can ask them, how am I doing as a dad? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and you know, it takes some time, but, but, but try to get them to, to respond to you and let them know that they're, you, know, you want to hear, mm-hmm. want to hear back from them. Mm-hmm. You know, is there anything I can pray for you, especially about today in my quiet time? And then, of course, the last question, did you lie to me? Is there yeah. anything else you need to t- talk yeah. about? Yeah. And, and again, over time, you know, you have to, keep, you have to be diligent with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we tell the story about one of our men that said that he wasn't getting anything back. As a matter of fact, he reported back to me he had done it 10 or 15 times, and, you know, it was a bunch of grunting that he got back. Mm-hmm. And then he said, on the 12th time, my 13-year-old boy, about to be 14, said to me, Daddy, is there something wrong? Is anything wrong with me in that I'm about to be 14 and I've never hugged a girl, kissed a girl, or, or gone steady with a girl? Mm. What a treasure that was to get that question. To have that kind of vulnerability from a 13-year-old boy, come on. Amazing. <laughs> that only comes with time. That only comes with time. It, we have to realize how important we are as fathers with our time. Mothers have to realize the same thing. It's time with them, not just time around them. Engaged. Engaged. Enga- and they know it, and we're not fooling anybody when we don't. We're, we're out of time for the first part of the show, but we're coming back for the second half to talk more about being a Christian parent. We'll be right back. Welcome back to 721 Live. We're in the second part of the show, and we're moving on with my discussion with my friend, Irv Philpott, about what it's like to be a parent and how important the role of fathers, how important that role is in the lives of our children. And as a, as a believer, as a Christian, how that changes our priorities. And, and before we get into that, let me just remind you that you can, you can hear this, you can read about this on our website, 721ministries.org. That's the number, 721, www.721ministries.org. We have a putting green blog on there where we write re- articles that recap what we're talking about. So check that out sometime and see what you find there. Or you've told me often that there are, there are really sort of three things you thank God for before you start thanking him for any of the other things going on in your life. Share that with us. Well, I, I think that the first would be that, that he saved me from my sins. Mm. Um, he saved me from myself. Uh, he saved my wife and children from the man that I was. Mm. Uh, it's amazing. Now, I, I, feel that my, I feel that too. He saved you from yourself. What were you, like beating yourself up? Were you self-destructive? Or? Well, I, I don't think, I, you know, uh, 
in a way, I guess I was self-destructive in, in that, as we said before, the health conditions and, mm-hmm. and all the things, all the constant churning and the, uh, uh, the different things. I, I feel that, my, I feel that too. He saved you from yourself. What were you like, beating yourself up? Were you self-destructive? 